Hey, church, welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday night, our midweek service, midweek gathering. This actually all started in COVID-19. Um, we weren't really doing midweek services, but now we are and we haven't stopped and I enjoy it. So thanks. Thanks for letting me jump in here on a Wednesday and share with you. Uh, I will try to keep this succinct and clear. I'm really excited. I want to study a scripture with you in John chapter 14. It's a one of the great I am statements that Jesus ever makes about himself. And I'm going to title this message uh, on this Wednesday, Jesus on saving. How, how, how is Jesus the savior? What does that mean? What does it look like? Um, and we'll talk about that. I'm really excited. Hey, if you didn't know, we've got digital meetups that happen after our gatherings. You can meet new people. We've got a 24-7 pasture chat. We've got team members available always to chat with you and talk with you on the app. So please do so any way we can help you. Uh, we would love to do that. Okay, John chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, in response to a question by a man named Thomas. Jesus says... I am the way, John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I wanted to find for you, when Jesus says I'm the way, what does that mean? When Jesus says I am the truth, I almost said life, <laughs> the truth, what does that mean? And then when Jesus says, I am the life, what does that mean? I think these three elements make up uh, Jesus the superhero, Jesus the savior. This is how Jesus is our hope. This is how Jesus is our savior. Will you join me in prayer? God, thank you for the minutes and moments we share. We love you. We are so grateful for who you are. Help us to see you and understand you in ways we have never seen or understood you before. I thank you for every single pe person watching and participating right now at church home, church in your home. Meet us there, God, wherever we are. Even if we're on a run, we're doing a workout, we're in a cafe, we're at a park, wherever we are, um, meet us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I'm gonna have a little water. So who's going to save us? Who's going to save us? Now, my answer is Jesus. I believe with all my heart, if you're new to this space and new to our community, I'm a Jesus guy. I believe Jesus is actually the only superhero amidst all of the superhero productions and movies and things we've watched. To me, Jesus is the only superhero. He is the actual only one who can save us. He is the true answer to racism. He's the true answer to these problems, sins, and errors that plague this planet. I believe Jesus is the answer. Now, one of the disciples, Thomas, has a question for the superhero, for Jesus, and he's like, how do we know where we're going? How do we know where you're going? What's going on? Help us. And Jesus says, Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And I want us to unpack this for the next few moments, and I think it will give you incredible opportunity for further study, further research, and at the very least, further conversation. Maybe with roommates right now watching this, you're going to be able to kind of when this sermon is over in, in four and a half hours, you're, come on, I'm kidding. But when this is over in just a few minutes, I hope it at least conjures up, spurs up a, 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 an intense conversation, a, a robust, I like that word robust, a robust conversation about who 
Jesus is. Much is made of Jesus in our culture. There's a lot of cultural connotations to Jesus and what he did, what he didn't do. But I want us from his own words to define Jesus the superhero, Jesus on saving. How does he do it? Who is he and why? We are in the midst of trying to determine by voting, and I want to encourage our entire church to vote. Um, if you want your pastor to tell you who to vote for, this definitely, uh, I was to say definitely maybe, this may not be the community for you. I will not participate in telling you who to vote for, um, but I will passionately communicate who to believe in, and his name is Jesus. But we are in a very unusual time in the United States of America and even around the world looking for leadership, looking for honest, integral leadership who will help us get out of the pains, the problems, the challenges, and some of the faulty, broken constructs that make up our cultures and our countries. We're looking for leadership. I believe we have the ultimate leader, savior, and superhero in Jesus. And he says three things about himself. He says, number one, I am the way. Number two, I am the truth. And number three, I am the life. Just for the next few moments, let's unpack that. Number one, Jesus says, I am the way, the way. Now, this is interesting because early on in Christendom, early on, the first century Christians were actually called people of the way, people in the way. Not like in people's way, but they were living their life in a way that Jesus had set, that Jesus had modeled that Jesus has exemplified, that Jesus had shown and revealed. They were in the way. It's frankly a much better title and description of Jesus' followers. Christian, which is little Christ, um, over centuries of culture has become not only a negative connotation at times, but a pretty stagnant one. To be a Christian is like this kind of stagnant, stationary um, posture in faith, when in reality, Christianity is about being in the way. It's about living in the way. It's about following the way. It's about moving. And I know oftentimes we get concerned in days like these because maybe we can't gather in church buildings or we can't gather together. And I miss that and we miss that. And yet the church continues to be the church. I think we will gather in church home, even though we're a church in your home and we're mobile and we're global, we, we also look forward to gathering in spaces and places with larger groups. And yet the way progresses and continues. We continue to live in the way. That doesn't change because we are in our church buildings listening to the church band or listening to our favorite preacher. We are continually living a lifestyle that is to love and look like Jesus. We are in the way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am movement. I am progress. I am the way. Quite literally, this word the way means he is the road. He is the road. Think about it. What are roads for? Roads are for travel. Roads are for progress. Roads are for movement. I want to settle something right here and now on this Wednesday, this midweek service, this is midweek gathering. I want to settle something. Christianity is about living on a road. Christianity is about movement. Christianity is about progress. Christianity is about staying in step with Jesus. It is a road. Jesus is a road. Jesus is a direction. 
Jesus is a lifestyle. Jesus is a process. Jesus is a progress. Jesus is always moving. The truth is, church, we're going somewhere. And that somewhere is in the direction of more people. That somewhere is in the direction of people yet to be cared for, loved, seen, heard, encouraged, and obviously offered the free gift of forgiveness that only Jesus offers. It is the road. So, so I want to say this when it comes to how Jesus saves. He, 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 he saves us once and for all. And then he puts us on a road. And that road is every single day relying, trusting in a real robust relationship. We are with him on a road. Has your faith become stationary? Has your faith become merely a dogma or a doctrine without a direction? This dogma and doctrine, this, these essentials that we hold true about the person of Jesus are relevant as they are practice. So we are progressing. We are pra what are we practicing? We're practicing trust in Jesus, but we're practicing his lifestyle, his lifestyle of listening and caring and loving, his lifestyle of listening, loving, building relationships with people that sometimes church folk feel uncomfortable with. This is the road and the direction that Jesus leads us on. The number two, Jesus says, not only am I the road, not only am I the way, I am the truth. I am the truth. Now, in 2020, somebody please help us discover the truth, right? Like we just need the truth. We are living in such unusual days in the information age, the technological age. And I read a book this summer that was just fascinating. It was all how technology is infiltrating social media. And we got bots who are posting things and storylines and articles that are untrue and completely fabricated. And if you're like me, you watch some of the news and the information and data and social media. And it's like, ah, what is even true? But part of my desire is like, what's the baseline? I just need to know the baseline, right? Marriage, for instance, it's like, hey, we're going to have our tough times, but our baseline is I love you. I have committed to you uh, beyond all others and amidst all others. Only unto you shall I live, Chelsea Renee Smith. But our baseline is love. Our baseline is selfless love and commitment. She, she loves me, I love her. That's our baseline. Truth gives us a substructure. Truth gives us something other than the sinking sand of cultural fodder, opinions, concepts, and puny little perspectives from people temporarily staying here on a planet called Earth. We need the truth. Little movies that you can't handle the truth. Actually, I can't handle the lie. I can't handle the misinformation. I can't handle the manipulation. We need truth. This word truth, again, Jesus doesn't just say, I give truth. He says, I am truth. I am, here's the definition, reality. So the way is a road. The truth is a reality. The road is our direction. The reality is our baseline. Jesus is ultimate reality. 
So I know sometimes we think our pocketbook, we think our kids, we think our relationship breakdowns, our marriage, our friends, our career, our health, all these things are ultimate reality. Ultimate reality is the fact that I got a mortgage. Let me tell you what reality is. It's I got to pay the bills. Let me tell you what reality is. My kids need this. I'll tell you what reality is. I need a roof over my head. I'm going to tell you what reality and, and we, we tend to think that our ultimate reality is brick and mortar, career, checkings, savings, right? Retirement, like that's reality. Jesus, Jesus says, no, reality is me, the eternal one, the everlasting one who always is and always will be. He has no beginning. He has no end. His words created the third dimension. He lives in the fourth dimension. He lives in a place that's called eternity. One of the terms we use is heaven, but heaven has been misunderstood. Heaven will be a new heaven and a new earth, and it will be a place of habitation for all of humanity. If simply received the free gift of Jesus, you will be there forever. Isn't it amazing how we think reality is our finite, limited time and space? At best, we're going to live, what, 90, 100 years? How brief is that? This life is brief. This life is a vapor. And the planet as we know it is young. The planet is probably only several thousands of years old. And yet when God designed it, he didn't design it brand new. And so archaeologists and people who dig, you know, we see signs of millions of years. But I believe that's because thousands and thousands of years ago, the creator of heaven and earth designed this planet and it was established. So as a result, we, we think sometimes it's been here for millions of years, but I believe it's only been here for thousands of years. It's a young planet. For those living in the United States of America, we are a baby country with new ideals and constructs and much of which are flawed and need to be rethought and redone. What is truth? What is reality? The sin of racism, the amount of fodder, opinions, concept, concepts, and even uh, exercises that need and are suggested to be done are wonderful, but, but but what if we could know the truth? What's the truth that can change the tidal wave of hate and injustice and basing the contents of someone's value based on their ethnicity and their skin tone and skin color? These, these, these things cry out for truth. What is truth? Jesus said, I am. I'm truth. My words are truth. My life is truth. My lifestyle is truth. The reason I'm obsessed with this storybook is not because I need information data or because I want to impress you with my Bible knowledge. It's because this records the story of truth. And the truth is not an idea, a sentence, a paragraph, a thesis. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. And so we live with truth. He is our reality. He is true reality. He is eternal. So what, he, what is eternal should obviously shape our concepts of what is real in this short stay and the, in this short stay of time and space as we know it. So we need truth. Truth is transcendent and truth is eternal and truth has a name and his name is Jesus.
Now, there's so much more to be said here and so much more to study. And that's why this midweek sermon is to kind of, I'm going to put this in your lap and put this in your heart and mind to have some conversations. At the very least, jump on the Church Home app totally free and have a conversation. Join us for the digital meetup, chat with us at Pastor Chat, and let's start having more of a conversation. Jesus is the road. Jesus is the reality. And lastly, Jesus says, I am the life. I am the life. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. This is how Jesus is our savior. This is how Jesus is the ultimate superhero. When Jesus says, I am the life, at that moment when he utters those words in front of Thomas, he has yet to prove the dimension that he actually is life. What I mean by that is Jesus has yet to go to the cross which had been predicted by thousands of years before and hundreds of prophecies. And Jesus predicted it and Jesus said he would do it and then he would. Three and a half years into his earthly ministry, he yields to the Roman centurions and soldiers. They bring him into captivity, into prison. They do a mock trial. They whip him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They make him carry a cross all the way to Golgotha. They put him on a cross, naked, beaten, bloodied, pulverized, swollen, beyond recognition between two deserving criminals. And he had committed no sin, done no wrong, nothing ill, nothing selfish, nothing self-centered, only selfless, the servant of the ages. And he dies the perfect man, the God man, the creator of heaven and earth between two uh, criminals. And there he dies, but he said he wouldn't stay dead because he is the life. He is life. So three days later, Jesus does the unthinkable to prove that he has control over life as we know it. He rules over life as we know it. He gets up from the grave three days later and appears to hundreds of people and levitates into the clouds to let us know not only is he the road, not only is he the reality, he's also the resurrection. And why is resurrection so important? Because resurrection proves everything he said before is true because he literally beat death, hell, and the grave. Now, if you claim to be God, you better have power over mortality. Or how can you be God? So without the resurrection, Jesus is just a nice speaker at a TED talk. But with the resurrection, all humanity must stand at attention and say, maybe, in fact, Scratch the maybe. He is the one who is in total control. He is in control of life. He is, he's the controller of life. He is totally in charge and he is totally in control. Thomas says, Lord, what, what, what's going on? Where are we going? How's this going? He, he said, Thomas, it's me. I'm the road. I'm the reality and I'm the resurrection. I'm the road, I'm the direction you take. I'm the reality, I'm the truth you trust. And I'm the resurrection. I have all the power in heaven and on earth. And no one is my opponent, my competitor. There is no one like me. He beat death. He beat and controls and is over mortality. 
He is life. He is king. And beside him, the old preachers would say, there is no other. These are just more reasons that I believe Jesus is the savior of the universe. I believe Jesus is the savior of the country I live in. I believe Jesus is the savior of the country you live in. Judah, why do you believe Jesus is the savior? Because I believe he's the road I take. He's the reality I trust. And he is the resurrection. The controller, the ruler, the leader of all life. This is who Jesus is. And so we follow him. We endeavor to follow, live, love, and look like him. Imagine if I told you there's a man alive today who predicted his death and then predicted his burial and then predicted his resurrection and pulled it off. Well, that would be unlike any other person you've ever heard of. And that is exactly what Jesus has done for you and for me. So we believe in him. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for the minutes and moments we share. Thank you for what you're saying and doing in our church. We love you. If you're here watching on this Wednesday or whenever you're watching and you'd like to receive Jesus, receive the free gift of forgiveness that only he offers and begin a relationship with him that will never end. All it takes is one moment of receptivity. I tell people oftentimes to raise their hand, but it's not even the raising of the hand that's important. It's just accepting and receiving a gift. Just like your birthday, just like Christmas, you open that gift. That's it. That's what faith is. God has persuaded you on this day that he is big and he's real and he has a name and his name is Jesus. He's the road, reality, and resurrection of all life. If you'd like that Jesus, just say right out loud, I receive him. That's it. I receive him. It's done. Never be the same again. It's amazing. I love you. We're so excited for you and the decision you've made. So excited for the future of our church. God is with us. And our best days are ahead for this church in this country and countries around the world. I love you, church home. We're going to jump right into a time of music. Use that as a platform to connect with God and reflect and think through the things we've discussed. And again, I hope that you get a chance to have a conversation and a Bible study with people and community here as we continue to follow Jesus.